You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to all. My name is RJ Cho. I butchered that intro. I have no idea what's going on. Let's try it again. What's going on, everybody? We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're excited to talk about our Dallas Cowboys, who improved to 3-1 and one on Sunday afternoon with a destruction, a demolition, a good old butt-kicking of the New England Patriots, 38-3, to three, the final score. This is, of course, our live post-game show here at Blog of the Boys, which you can watch on any number of platforms. You can watch on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog of the Boys Twitch channel, or the Blog of the Boys Facebook page. Wherever you're at, please subscribe, please like. Uh, if you're watching after the fact, shame on you, but if you are with us live, welcome. We are going to talk about everything that we saw on Sunday. Going to hand out my stock report, which I've already written for you. It's available at blogandtheboys.com very very shortly. It was a fantastic day for the Cowboys, mostly stock up. Um, this is a show, though, that we do do live, but sometimes people come in after the fact. You can catch the rewatch on any of the platforms that I mentioned. You can, of course, uh, catch the audio version of the show on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Make sure you're checking out blogandtheboys.com all the time for the latest and greatest in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. But if you are with us live, specifically if you are watching on YouTube, we have a poll up for you, which we have after every Cowboys win, and that is voting on our star of the game, our award potential winners tonight. Deron Bland with those two interceptions. Jake Ferguson, who set a career high in both receptions and receiving yards for the Cowboys. And Leighton Vander Esch, those are the names that came to mind. He obviously had the scoop and score touchdown. Or someone else, if you want to do some sort of write-in ballot, uh, that is up to you. Again, make sure you're subscribing here to the YouTube channel if you are voting in that. My name is RJ Ochoa. If you didn't know, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or threads at RJ Ochoa or on TikTok, RJ.Ochoa. So let's get to it. The Cowboys, uh, what a win. What a fantastic win. A great day. Kind of the perfect win that we all really needed coming off of last week. Last week was very frustrating and very upsetting. There's no doubt about that. Nobody's going to hide from that. We've been just kind of really frustrated for the last seven days as a result of it all. And this has been a really kind of stressful, you know, kind of Build up to this game, um, as Joe notes in the chat here, the Patriots had the Cowboys number for so long, and they lost Super Bowls to the Giants and Eagles, so I hate them, and I'm glad that we punished them. This was the first time today, on Sunday, that the Cowboys ever defeated the New England Patriots at home, led by Bill Belichick. Now, you know, you can play this game a number of different ways. The first win the Cowboys ever had at Texas Stadium was against the Patriots. But in terms of the Bill Belichick-led Patriots, the greatest coach to ever be in the NFL, the Cowboys had never beaten him with the Patriots in their own home building. They got their first win over the Bill Belichick Patriots, period, two years ago when Dallas went to Foxborough, and obviously CeeDee Lame had the walk-off touchdown. And that game, that was kind of this awesome moment, I think, for all of us for this reason that Joe brought up. It was this kind of, you know, getting the monkey off your back sort of thing we finally beat Bill Belichick and obviously the Patriots have kind of been a different group since Tom Brady left them and we don't have to talk about that aspect of things but this felt like a 
you're supposed to go kick the crap out of them Cowboys. You know, this is, these aren't the Patriots of old. And yeah, it's cool to be able to say this, but you're supposed to do this. And so uh, it was awesome to see the Cowboys kind of live out, you know, that expectation. I think we were afraid to say out loud that we expected that because of what happened last week. But on the subject of kind of how uh, bad of a game or bad of a loss it was for the Patriots, if you did not see this on the Fox broadcast, or you did not hear it or whatever, we have to say this because this is important. All right. Anytime you can get a shot at Bill Belichick and the Patriots, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Remember, in the wild card round of the playoffs, the Cowboys knocked Tom Brady into retirement. Well, on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys handed Bill Belichick his worst loss ever. E V E R. Bill Belichick has been coaching in the NFL for like 5,000 years, and he has never been beaten worse than he was on Sunday afternoon by our Dallas Cowboys. What a cool thing. And I don't care that it's not Tom Brady, that it's not, you know, Gronk and, and again, the Patriots of old. This is cool. I'm putting this one on the mantle. Greg Olson had this big old speech about Hunter Lipke and the, the football he's going to put on his mantle. I'm putting this on the mantle. This was epic for the Cowboys. Uh, once again, though, a very, very cool thing. But let's get to your comments. We do have my stock report, obviously, to get to. John D. talking about the star of the game says it's Deron Bland. I agree with you, but this is a democracy around here. We'll take the votes and see what they have to say. Brian, of course, has anything but playing. Uh, very well said. Let's see here. Jason says, good bounce back win from the Cowboys. Well, the defense red zone offense still needs work. Like I said, mostly a stock up day for the Cowboys, but the stock down definitely is the red zone. Uh, John says, after years of suffering against them, we retired Brady last year and Dell Belichick, his biggest ever defeat. Uh, Pedro says, 35 point loss is the largest in Bill's 29 year career. Yes, very awesome day. Uh, the Wright family says, uh, defense still can't stop the run of the offense was one for four in the red zone. Sad, same old Cowboys. The, the reason I wanted to lead with the Bill Belichick thing, and I saw uh, Tom Downey, a great friend of mine, great friend of Blog on the Boys, obviously does an incredible job on YouTube uh, with the Cowboys Report. Everybody go subscribe to him. Tom tweeted this out. If you're finding a way to be mad about the Cowboys handing Bill Belichick the greatest defeat he's ever experienced, maybe you know take a step back and just take a sip of perspective. All right. Now, I'm not saying that we can't you know sit here and criticize things that warrant or are deserved of criticism from the Cowboys, but to say something like same old Cowboys, they just beat the greatest of all time, worse than anybody literally ever has. So you're allowed to kind of feel pumped up about that. Although, again, we can definitely talk about the things that merit discussion has noted. Mark says stop down. Mike McCarthy play calling on the red zone early in the game. No read options, no eye formations. It did seem like they kind of stabilized there. Um, but again, not a great game uh, from the offense in that respect. And here's the thing. The offense sputtered. It was it was like somebody learning to drive stick, which I don't even know how to do. Uh, but, you know, I know all the cliches about it, right? It was like somebody learning to drive stick. That's how the offense was, just kind of stopping and, st and starting and sputtering and things like that. And they still won. 38 to three. That's really incredible. William says, smash that like button. I'm not going to disagree with that. If you are watching on YouTube, if you want to smash that like button, that only helps us. So thank you very much to those of you who not only do that, but also advocate for others as well. That really, honestly, um, I know we have a lot of fun around here. That means a lot to me. So thank you, William and everybody else. Anthony, thank you for the super chat. Says, hope Dattle's okay. Showing Dallas he's our true number two running back. Turpin and Deuce are the mighty mice getting yards. Hunter the muscle at the goal line. Ziku, that's I know you're saying it in jest. Uh, it was cool to see Zeke back, obviously. Um, Pollard's still the guy. Orale, Cowboys. Wasn't it funny, by the way, that everybody talked about, like, oh, what are the Cowboys going to do uh, down near the goal line without Zeke? And I know I've talked about this before, but uh, we all talked about, well, they're going to have Hunter Lipke be that option. And he literally had his first touchdown on the day that Zeke Elliott was back in the building. Uh, very, very funny indeed. 
Perry Peters, uh, think of the super chat, says, well, well, well. Um, I don't know if you have another comment, Perry. I'm looking for it. Uh, but, um, you know, well, 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 indeed. Uh, Rick says that Hunter should be the team's goal linebacker. Kevin says the real test is next week. That's right. The Cowboys' next game, in case you did not know, is on the road against the San Francisco 49ers, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers who struggled a little bit with the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. I don't know if that made any of us feel a little bit better, uh, but either way, it is um, it is one of the bigger regular season games, certainly one of the biggest October regular season games for the Cowboys in quite some time. Um, we'll see if the Cowboys are going to want to stay in California. That game is in San Francisco. They are in Los Angeles the next week on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. So the world's not going to get to see the Cowboys, the world that doesn't because the Cowboys are already broadcasted to the world. Uh, Cowboys are on primetime next two games, is my point, before the bye. Uh, so you get to enjoy all of the red zone action the next couple of Sundays. Actually, next three Sundays. So kudos to all of us. Anyway, back to the comment section. Um We've got Tigra here who says the Cowboys have the two best ball hawks of the NFC East in Diggs and Bland. Let's go ahead and start this. And again, I do think that Duran might be the eventual star of the game here. But Duran Bland leads our stock report. Uh, what a great game. And I'll be honest with you, in case you don't read my articles at Blogging the Boys, what the hell? Uh, but beyond that, um, when we talked about Duran Bland last week in the stock report, and we talked about it here on the show as well, he was a stock down for me. And obviously, it was a tough game for the Cowboys. And um, it, we talked about this, right? You and me, all of us. We said it's kind of unfair. It's not, it's not, maybe unfair is not the right word, but it wasn't totally fair to say stock down because he had to all of a sudden kick outside in the aftermath of the Diggs injury. Uh, but he didn't play well against the Cardinals. Well, he fixed that <laughs> on Sunday against the Patriots. Two interceptions for Deron Bland. That's three on the season, eight in his NFL career so far, which is just incredible. Um, and I think really kind of justified or, or, you know, solidified the idea, solidified the belief that we've all had uh, that he can be that guy to step up. And I don't mean to forecast too far into the future. And obviously it sucks that Trayvon Diggs is not a part of things anymore this season. But um, I don't know, and none of us know what's going to happen with Stephon Gilmore and his future with the Cowboys. But at the very least, it is very exciting to know that the Cowboys have for the foreseeable future as far as outside corner options, because this has kind of thrusted Deron Bland into that role, obviously. They've got Diggs and Bland, um, and, you know, figure things out in nickel. Izzy Mukwama, who knows? Again, not trying to, you know, fast forward through the season, but that is so cool. Deron Bland was awesome, was amazing, um, and really just kind of exactly what the Cowboys um, needed from him in this particular game. So kudos to him, kudos to Deron Bland, like I said, leads our stock report. Next up for me, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb had his first reception, or first reception, first touchdown reception of the season on Sunday, and it was a beauty. Uh, obviously, Dak Prescott went right at the Patriots after Christian Gonzalez left. Uh, we hope, obviously, all is right with him. Uh, but kind of a, a, a somewhat quiet day for CD in, in like an overall, you know, perspective. Um, I mean, not going to win you your fantasy league this week, specifically finished with four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, but still, I mean, the reliability to say, all right, you know what, the, you know, Christian Gonzalez is out. Let's go press right there. And for CD Lamb to be able to come up so clutch um, is great. And really kind of, Funny how that wasn't a red zone touchdown and the broadcast obviously talked about that. But um, it's, again, not not a big body of work from CD in this game, but it's so awesome how on a moment's notice he can be called upon uh, and go deliver. Uh, but to Kevin's point uh, about CD not having a great performance overall, uh, that is because Bill takes away your best weapon and says win. Yeah, the Cowboys did kind of, uh, or excuse me, the Patriots did kind of take away Bill, uh, Bill Belichick. Goodness gracious, I can't, I'm so excited I can't get my words out. The Patriots did kind of take away CD Lamb. Jacob says NFC defense of the week 
bland RJ. We'll see. Um, you know, Micah Parsons is coming off of an NFC Defensive Player of the Month award. I would imagine that Deron Bland is going to be in the running for NFC Defensive Player of the Week this coming week, but we will see about that. Mark says stock up. Jake Ferg's take the big hits and making catches. Might as well get to him. I do have Jake Ferguson as a stock uh, uh, stock up for me. Goodness, let me take a swig of the blue Kool-Aid that I'm drinking here. All right, let me calm down and get my words straight. Stock up for me, Jake Ferguson finished the game with seven receptions for 77 yards. A nice triple seven in that sense. Um, shout out to my family friend, David. You know who you are. Um, those are both career highs for Jake Ferguson. And that is, uh, you know, had the big catch that we all obviously saw uh, really kind of developing into a preferred weapon of Dak Prescott. Um, and what's more is didn't just have seven receptions for 77 yards. We've got quad sevens because he caught all seven of his targets. I mean, so um, again, in the, you know, sense of Bill Belichick, you know, vanquishing CeeDee Lamb, he did still have six targets, but uh, very clear and obvious that Dak Prescott is comfortable with Jake Ferguson. We know that's the case. I do not mean to take anything away from Dalton Schultz. I certainly do not mean to take anything away from Jason Witten, but the tight end is just a position that Dak Prescott tends to lean on. We know that. We've seen it over the course of his entire seven-year and change career. Jake Ferguson now, the obviously primary beneficiary of that, um, good for him. I mean, really great. It's one thing to, to be in that role, but it's another thing to take your opportunities and succeed with them, and Jake Ferguson certainly did that. So uh, huge stock up for me, huge stock up from all of us. Uh, Shane says, Ferg's play just solidifies my opinion on not understanding why Dallas is trying to force the tight end pick in the draft. Um, I think, you know, it's this is a, a horrible example because he didn't catch it. But the catch that Jake, excuse me, that, that Luke Schoomaker almost had early in the game is a is that maybe the reason why? Um, because if you can get that elite, dynamic, game-changing tight end, no offense to Jake Ferguson, he's not that. And I'm not saying that Luke Schoonmaker is Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or something like that. But if you can get that, that can really unlock your offense. So I get, on one hand, kind of you know reaching for that, but there's you know no doubt that it was a reach. Um, and we're early into Luke Schoonmaker's career, but I think that's the thought process there. Uh, Timothy says RJ is thinking ahead to next week, which is why he can't get his words out. Yeah, that's definitely uh what's happening here uh let's keep moving on angelo says ferguson's game was nice but let's not forget McEwen's hustle on the fumble recovery i did not forget angelo don't worry because i also have sean McEwen as a stock up like tyler biotish in weeks one and two recovering fumbles sean McEwen, Cavante turpin has this amazing run we're all celebrating it's good times can't wait to go listen to rj live on the blog and the boys youtube channel right after the game we're all going to celebrate um and then Cavante turpin fumbles oh crap this is terrible well shout out to sean McEwen, man hustling and bustling his way down the field and recovering the fumble now I don't know that it was, you know, a, a game-saving fumble, right? The game was well in hand at that point. That doesn't take away from it, but that's the difference. That's what we want to see. That is what, obviously, coaches love to see. If you hustle like that, you can save things. And we talk so much about um, regression of the mean and turnovers and things like that. And sometimes there are teams who don't turn the ball over a lot in a given year, right? And the next year, you see it kind of regress to the mean. That's where the expression and the mathematical idea comes from. Um, but... Um, you can kind of make your own luck to a degree, right? If you are hustling, um, you are, are going to find yourself around the ball in both positive ways, right? If, if a, you're on defense and there's a tip ball or whatever, you're going to be able to pluck that thing out of the air. Or if you're on offense and something happens, if somebody does have an oh crap moment, you can be there to save the day. So shout out to Sean McEwen uh, for saving the day. Uh, good on him. I want to hit this comment from Loco. It is self-serving, but it's a great point. Uh, Loco says, hit the like button, pay your algorithm tax. Here's the thing. 
if you like watching cowboy stuff on YouTube, and there are so many incredible content creators. We mentioned Tom Downey, uh, the great Bach Lombardi, uh, Skywalker Stemmy, the list goes on and on. Law Nation, there's so many wonderful Jeff Cavanaugh, people that do great work here on YouTube. Uh, obviously, we're on Twitch and Facebook right now. But if you want those videos to populate in your feed, liking this video does support that idea in your algorithm. So you're really helping yourself here, is really my point. But anyway, uh, Mark says, stock up Dak. Let's not forget about Dak. High completion percentage, no turnover. Um, Dak finished the day 28 of 34, uh, 261 yards, had the one touchdown, obviously, to CeeDee Lamb, took three sacks. Um, I'll be honest, I don't have Dak in my stock report this week. Um, the idea of the stock report to me has always been your stock has to improve, your stock has to decline. That's why you're moving up or down. Um, so I, this was just kind of a par for the course day for me for Dak. Uh, a really efficient day to your point. Um, not a, a bad, you know, performance by any stretch of the imagination. And I there wasn't like it was. I don't feel like oh Dak didn't elevate or take a step, so I'm not having him on the stock up. But it was it was kind of what we expected. And so for that reason, I, I felt like other players. Um, you know, went a little bit further, you know, beyond what we expected or what our expectations are, which is again the whole idea of stock up, stock down. But great game from Dak Prescott, certainly as well. Um, very, very much agreed. Lord says victory polo Monday. That's right. Take a selfie of yourself tomorrow wearing a polo or a hat or a t-shirt, painting your fingernails, a scarf. Um, if you got a koozie on your soda can, whatever the case may be, take a selfie, tag me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Tag us at blogging the boys. Although on Instagram, we're blogging dot the dot boys. Um, and uh we'll share because we should always celebrate the Cowboys won. We don't know how many of these we get in a given year and we should celebrate every single one of them. So uh, victory polo Monday. That's the whole idea behind that. But uh, stock up Sean McEwen. Shout out to him. I want to hit some comments before we get back to the stock up. Uh, Erica says, oh, my gosh, how do you not know how to drive a stick? My whole family does, including my 17 year old Erica. Thanks for shaming me. Um, I've never needed to, uh, which is, I guess, you know, uh, a blessing for me. Uh, but I just I've never had the desire. I don't know that I've ever had a family member who had a, a, a stick shift car that I could have even had the opportunity to learn. Uh, so I have a hard enough time with the F1 video games. Uh, I play on the controller, not on the simulator, and everybody makes fun of me for that. But um, tough scene for me. Bad, bad scene for me. Whatever. Uh, but thank you for uh, taking a little shot. Loco says Mac Jones ain't that guy. Mm -mm, but that ain't our problem, thankfully. Uh, Timothy says, don't get me wrong. Niners have it coming. I hope. I hope so, too. Uh, let's see here. Joe Brooks says um, Turpin needs to quit fumbling. That's kind of fair uh, at this point. Let's see here. Um, Dad and Chloe Hines, shout out to Dad and Chloe, says we need to utilize Cook more. Stock down Turpin, second game fumbling. I didn't have Cavante stock down. Um, I do have a stock down. Um, sometimes, you know, when there's a big win like this, I feel like you got to, you know, ride the positivity. Um, so I do have a stock down, uh, but Cavante Turpin didn't make the list. I'm totally with you, though. I mean, the dude's getting limited touches so <laughs> on offense. So if you're fumbling in back-to-back -back games, um, it's really not going to help you. Uh, help your cause and not going to find a way for you uh, to ultimately uh, score those points. So, or, or to get those touches, excuse me. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Risley bear says, this is our starting line. We cannot depend on Tyron to be healthy. He's a future hall of famer, but he needs to be let go. Just keep Terrence Steele in and keep building cohesiveness. Um, okay. So we can talk about this. Um, so in case anyone didn't see, um tyron smith did not play and it was not like last week where he suited up and didn't play uh he was inactive um and this was th this was gonna happen right like we we all knew this right like nobody has and nobody's saying this sarcastically or, or facetiously it's just we're, we're just having a straight up conversation right we all presumed that tyron smith would miss time this season and that has happened in back-to-back 
games. Uh, by the way, as I say this, Vincent comments, we need to replace uh, Idoga. He stinks. Well, Chuma Idoga had a great game in, in a general sense. I mean, like given, given what Chuma Idoga has been asked to do this season, I'm perfectly pleased with Chuma Idoga. Now, if you contextualize it that way. But um, from a tyrant standpoint, we're four games in. He's missed two of them. Um, I... So I agree with Shane here. Shane says, why let go of Smith in the middle of the season? This is something we can bring up in the offseason, but not now, in my opinion. I very much agree with that. At this point, the bet is made, right? Like, we have to lie in this, right? Like, and that sounds like it's a bad thing. Um, but yeah, like, there's no merit to releasing Tyra now. Like, just to feel better, I guess, would be the objective. Um, but what I do think there's reason to kind of, you know, talk about or what there could be reason to talk towards is it, it might be time to like let go of, of trying to rely on Tyron at left tackle like all the time. Um, that's not necessarily a responsible way to go about this now. And, and that's just one opinion, right? Like, you know, you could argue the Cowboys seem to be making this argument that they like this. They like you know, planning on Tyron Smith being available at left tackle. And if he's not having someone like Chuma Doga step up and he did kind of step up. Um, but I think most of us believe the best way forward is to just commit to Tyler Smith at left tackle and have Chuma or whoever you want to have rotate a left guard and have Tyron serve as your swing tackle. Right. And maybe that's just how you rock for October and November and you just get to December and you figure things out. And like, I know that we're tossing out these ideas and moving things around like it's Madden or whatever. And that's not necessarily practical either, but I do recognize, Oh, uh, Rizzy clarifies says I obviously meant off season LOL. I just meant general. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like in season, like right now, again, we've got to make this, this, you know, we've got to make, lemonade here um but there's you know and so now that we've established there's no merit to releasing him this season i do think there's merit to having the conversation of tyron we just cannot rely on you to be there every single week and by relying on you to be there every single week we are setting ourselves up poorly because for all we know we could literally activate you and not have you play in this game and yes we all agree he's given an enormous amount to the cowboys organization we wish him nothing but the best to him and his family and his friends and everyone in his circle you know whatever life has for him after football and i would love for tyrants with to play forever but it is very difficult to rely on him on a week-to-week -week basis and so again no one's saying like you know get him off the team but you know maybe relying on him on a weekly basis is not a solid plan given that he has missed time literally every single year that Dak Prescott has been the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys a reminder that Dak Prescott is literally the longest tenured starting quarterback in the NFL um, so it just kind of is what it is um, at this particular point. But I get it. I get the point of frustration, and we'll see how the Cowboys handle it. Now, you can argue um, maybe the Cowboys tried to get through this game like they did you know, other games before this and are going to try to roll out Tyron next week against San Francisco, and obviously that's a big game. Uh, but, man, um, now a lot of you are noting his contract and getting structured to how much he, play, he plays, and that's fair, right? Like no one's arguing that Tyron is overpaid. Um, I think what we're arguing is that it's it's difficult. It's difficult to rely on him, and then you have to adjust in terms of your football operation. Nobody's pissed off, I don't think, about the financial side of things. Um, so just kind of is uh, what it is. Um, let's see here. Jesse says Lipke should get the red zone touches. If we didn't say it already, Hunter is a stock up. Um, you score for your first NFL touchdown. Awesome, dude. Way to go, Hunter Lipke. And seriously, I mean, that's what we have talked about forever. You get down there, and it's not just like – I don't think any of us are saying this, but it's not just um, 
I don't think we want to limit Hunter to just getting work at the goal line. He's a weapon. Like we've seen that obviously throughout this entire season. And I mean, it's only four games, but he is a weapon that can be utilized on offense. And we've seen the Cowboys utilized to different degrees, Hunter, Kevante Turpin, Deuce Vaughn, obviously Tony Pollard. I mean, they have a lot of options. So you don't have to just, you know, play it cliche and, you know, oh, it's first and goal from the two yard line. Let's hand it to him and just kind of shove. We don't have to do that. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so, um, Hunter Lipke made the stock up list. Now, a lot of you are saying stock down Tony Pollard. Um, I'm fine with the game that Tony Pollard had. I don't know why we feel like this is a stock down. Tony Pollard had 11 carries for 47 yards, averaged 4.3 yards per carry. So over four, very good. Uh, had three receptions for 13 yards. It was kind of a ho-hum day from Tony Pollard, but if I'm being honest, um, I was very pleased to not see Tony Pollard utilized a lot. I wrote an article last week uh, at Blog of the Boys, talked about it on some shows as well. Tony Pollard entering week four of the NFL had the most carries of any running back in the NFL. And Tony Pollard, if we looked at the first three games of this season and the first three games of every season that Ezekiel Elliott played for the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Pollard had more work through this year's first three games than Zeke did through any first three game set except for his rookie year. So the Cowboys were utilizing Tony Pollard to this massive, massive, massive degree. And it seems like they shifted down. Look at that, Eric. All right. They shifted down, down to fourth and maybe even third gear. So I'm very pleased with, uh, you know, Tony Pollard not necessarily having a lot put on his plate in this game because next week the Cowboys are going to need Tony Pollard. They're going to need every ounce of everybody they've got, especially not just next week, but these next two games are going to be a little bit more difficult for Dallas, obviously, given the quality of the opponents in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, Timothy says, stock up TP. Thank you. Um, let's see here. Kevin says, you are right. We, we were giving Tony Pollard too many carries. Um Let's see here. Uh, let's move on. Um, Nicholas, by the way, says Pats are still a solid defense. Pollard was solid, handled what he needed. It's crazy to say out loud, by the way, that the Cowboys have played four games, which I recognize is a very small number, but they have played four games and they have allowed fewer than or 10 or fewer points in three of them, right? They have played two games at AT&T Stadium and they have only allowed one touchdown. And it was like a massive, amazing play, you know, by one of the NFL's better young receivers and Garrett Wilson. Like, think about that. That's pretty stupid when you say it out loud like that. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Forever DC says more Gallup stock up. You know what, Forever DC? I hear you. Stock up Michael Gallup. Now, kind of a quiet day as well. Uh, you know, nothing like earth shattering from a, a statistical standpoint. Five catches, 60 yards. Did average 12 yards of reception if you can't do that quick math. But more than that, um, Gallup is back. Um, I am ready to say that Michael Gallup is back. It wasn't just that he had five catches for 60 yards. It was that they were five physical catches for 60 yards. Last week was the kind of beginning of it. This week corroborated what we hypothesized. This looks like the Michael Gallup of old, the Michael Gallup prior to the torn ACL that he suffered in the penultimate game of the 2021 regular season. Um, I don't know that he'll ever be like the peak version of himself, but he definitely looks like that dude all the time now. And I say all the time now as if it's been like a year, it's been two games, right? So let's be very, very clear about that. But he looks like that dude. Uh, so welcome back, Michael Gallup. You were missed. We always believed. I know a lot of people had the like trade discussion and whatever. That was silly. But Michael Gallup, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's great to have you back, buddy. We missed you a lot. Um, another wide receiver that made my stock up list and was really for one play, uh, but I wanted to talk about it. So that's what we're going to do. Stock up Jalen Tolbert, man. Holy crap. Um, 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Man, um, what a what a contribution on special teams. And Anytime that happens, anytime you get somebody who's supposed to be like an offensive playmaker or whatever, um, that, that has a big special teams moment, the general kind of response is like, that's how you make teams, right? Like if it's in, um, oh, it says Jake Tolbert, my bad. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing. Goodness gracious. Sometimes the autocorrect gets us, guys. My bad. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, that's the, the podcast audience didn't know, Loco Texas. Thanks for pointing it out. Uh, Garrett notes, stock down naming players. Guys, look, we have a lot going on after the game ends. All right. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a hectic process around here, right? Anyway, uh, but um, Jalen Tolbert is a stock up, amazing tackle, obviously on the punt, um, and that's that that has value, that has merit, right? Like you have to be able to contribute because you know I know that Jalen Tolbert isn't lighting up stat sheets and he isn't having catches and you know touchdowns and things like that but you've got to find ways to make an impact and he has done that so far this season the first game that he made that really big impact was the last one at home obviously against the Jets when he drew the PI call and Brandon Cooks didn't play Jalen Tolbert is definitely he's I think this one of the best signs that we're seeing from Jalen Tolbert right now is he is finding ways to contribute that aren't obvious because we're, we're just waiting. Right. And he had a great reception early in this game too, but like, we're just waiting for, Oh man, Jalen Tobert, he's, he's going to take off as his wide receiver. He's really becoming this, this amazing football player. And that is really cool to watch. Um, so kudos to him. Kudos to Jalen Tobert. Uh, very, very cool to see. Uh, I have two stock ups. Uh, some of you are talking about Brandon cooks, by the way, um, and saying stock down chain says, yeah, it's not been a great start of the season for cooks. Just being utilized a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. Than I thought he would. Yeah, I think so too. We all thought that he was going to, um, you know, kind of be this big, um, you know, deep bob of a threat. But do they need that? I mean, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, oh, the Cowboys are playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. But like, do they really need that right now? Do they? Do they they need these long bomb of of touchdowns? No. Um, I mean, and that's not to say like, oh, this is right and they're doing everything perfectly, but. 
you know, it's it's not that's not the game they're playing right now. And so you can argue like, well, then why trade for him? I think they traded for him to have him get open underneath. They traded for him for his veteran savvy. They traded for him because it costed him them nothing. I mean, like they traded for him because it just made sense. Um, and so, yeah, he's not this like burner scoring, you know, 69 yard touchdowns all the time. Nice. I know. But like he is finding ways to contribute as well. And he's mentoring these younger players, which has a lot of added value as well. Um, so I don't think we need to panic about this yet. I know you all aren't. Uh, but that's just not the game the Cowboys are playing. I mean, again, consider what I mean, they've blown out three of their four teams who they faced so far. So it's they haven't been in a situation where they've had to throw a lot, um, at least throw a lot down the field. Um, plus, we're seeing Dak Prescott take all that low-hanging fruit, and that's what they want to do. Uh, but I was saying, I have two stock ups that I have split in half, uh, kind of like I do with my dogs. I'll break the tree and you know give them each one, and they think they're getting one. Um, either that or they're just like silently judging me. They're like, Dad, we just shared one tree. Come on, give us each one. But anyway, I have split two stock ups in half and handed them out to two different players. The first one, Dante Fowler. And Leighton Vanderish. Um, I mean, whoa, <laughs> what an awesome play. Now, I remember, um, I don't mean to do the like, I remember saying this, I'm really smart thing, but I remember talking about um, during training camp, I spent a week in Oxnard with my friends from San Antonio, and Dante Fowler really impressed me. And my takeaway at the time that I talked about in different places and wrote about and, and talked about on social media was the fact that Dante Fowler is is like struggling to get on the field, struggling for defensive snaps in a general sense. I don't mean in a literal sense. Um, really speaks to the quality of depth that the Cowboys have at the pass rusher position. I mean, the fact that he is so good and that they just have so many options is stupid. I mean, like it, it really is. Um, but it's awesome. It's it's good, stupid, right? Like you know when you use the word stupid in a good way, it's good, stupid. Um, so man, what an awesome hustle play from Dante Fowler, and what a great moment for Leighton Vanderish. Uh, Leighton. It has, has really, you know, been in the crosshairs of speaking of social media, people on the Internet. But Leighton had an awesome game and obviously had this highlight of a touchdown. Uh, super cool to see. So just kind of a great, you know, kind of team moment for the Cowboys. Um, so shout out, obviously, uh, to him. Shout out uh, to Dante Fowler and shout out to everybody. And speaking of shout outs to double people, how did we get this far and not mention this yet? Stock up Brian Anger and Chauncey Golston. Now. Um, obviously we've been on the show, um, since the game ended. So I haven't seen any quote about this. Um, but I would imagine, um, now look for my money, Greg Olson is the best color analyst in the game. I know that people, every, someone thinks everyone sucks or everyone thinks someone sucks, right? Like you think there's some people, like I think Chris Collinsworth's really good. Obviously a lot of you probably like Tony Romo as a color analyst, right? So for my money, Greg Olson, the best color analyst in the game, Greg Olson mentioned, that on this particular play, the extra point attempt that the Cowboys turned into two points, shout out to them, uh, the New England just kind of had everybody on the line. And, and the verbiage that Olsen used was they were playing it like it was the game-winning field goal that they were trying to block. I would imagine um, that John Fossil identified this during the week. That John, Because, look, we all love Bones. Uh, I would imagine that John Fossil said, you know what, these dudes, they're getting a little greedy. They're kind of getting a little bit intense with their extra point attempts to block. And so let's bait them in and take advantage. And they did. What a dime <laughs> from Brian Anger. What, what a dime. And Chauncey, and I don't even know who I'm more impressed with. Um, I think like our natural inclination is to be impressed with the punter whenever the punter does something like generally speaking, because it's the punter, right? Like, oh, the punter doesn't do anything with punt, but Chauncey Golston doesn't play offense. Chauncey Golston isn't used to this. I mean, Chauncey Golston doesn't, how many routes is Chauncey Golston 
realistically running in practice, right? Like on some level, Brian Anger's like tossing footballs kind of back and forth. Right? He gets that general mechanic down. But how often is Chauncey Golston getting the ball in his hands to work on this? What a cool moment. Um, this was awesome. I mean, and this was the kind of thing. It felt like um, the Nishan Wright recovery for a touchdown after the block uh, punt last year. It's the kind of thing that's just like, it's just your day. Um, everything's kind of coming up you. And this was one of those moments. It was my day. Um, I'm a Houston Astros fan, which I know upsets a lot of you. Really great day in my household. Tough scene, but thank you to the Seattle Mariners. The AOS baby runs through H-Town, but whatever. I'm not here to piss all of you off. Um, Vincent says, here, here for Anger and Aubrey. Actually, before we get to Brandon Aubrey, Paul, thank you for the Super Chat. Says, we were slogging along with the Patriots until that play. Um, I don't know if you're talking about, because I got to the Super Chat late, maybe the um, uh, the Vander Esch scoop and score. But either way, these were two dynamic moments for the Cowboys. So very, very cool indeed. Uh, Forever DC, I have to get this one in. It says, Ghost Joe. So thank you very much. Tim Lowe, by the way, says, Chauncey's hitting the jugs machine in practice. Well said. Um, so uh, you all are talking about Brandon Aubrey. I wrote last week that Brandon Aubrey was the first kicker in NFL history, or excuse me, in the Super Bowl era, different things. Super Bowl era goes all the way back to 1970. He became last week the first kicker in the Super Bowl era to attempt at least 10 field goals through his first three career games and make all of them. All right. He had uh, 10, uh, yeah, 10 through three games. I know I'm stuck. I'm all, I'm a mess today. All right? Like I said, it was a sports sportsy day in my house. Don't get even get me started on the Americans at the Ryder Cup, right? That started the day off poorly, but whatever. Anyway, but Brandon Aubrey attempted three more field goals in this game. Three more field goals. And you know what? My man, he made them all, all right? He missed the first extra point to start this whole thing off, and he has been nothing but clutch ever since. This dude is 13 of 13 on field goals this year. 13 of 13. We have played four games and he is 13 of 13. What a freaking stud. All right, now I know the MLS has gotten a lot of pump because of Messi and everything, but I might start watching some more MLS just because of Brandon Aubrey. I am that impressed. Forever DC uh, says, man, I wanted to see if he could hit that 67-yard field goal. Uh, Garrett says, would have loved or would have liked to see Aubrey kick that 65-yard field goal, even though he likely would have missed. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm kind of glad he didn't because he probably would have missed it. And then I wouldn't have been able to have said 13 for 13. So I would rather live in the 13 for 13 world than the 13 for 14 world where he barely missed the 60 whatever yard and we had to contextualize it that way. I like being able to say 100%. What a stud. What a baller. I am nothing but impressed with Brandon Aubrey. Speaking of John Fossil, and look, I'm I'm with you. Like, I, I've i got the receipts, you know, where I complained about the Cowboys kicking situation. And I don't think that John Fossil's perfect. I don't think anybody's perfect. But they have handled this pretty flawlessly. <laughs> I mean, like, they pulled Brett Maher out last year. He was wonderful. They were like, we're going to go with Brandon Aubrey. We were like, who is this dude? We were like, go get Mason Crosby. Go get Robbie Gold. 13 for 13 for my man. All right? If you've got an MLS team that you think I should support, I'm open to offers at this point. Uh, Joey says Aubrey for MVP. Vincent says absolutely 13 of 13. Um, let's see here. Um, Joey says, why did we keep Micah in the second half? Because it's a football game and you have to play. I mean, I, I know that we were, um, you know, everybody's worried, but it's a football game. You have to play them out. So, you know, I understand the question, but, you know, you can't, you can't keep everybody in bubble wrap forever. Uh, but let's move on. 
Um, I think we are through with stock. Yes, we have all we've hit all my stock ups. Deron Blaine, CD Lamb, Dante Farrell, Leighton Vanderesh, Brian Anger, Chauncey Golson, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, Michael Gallup, Brandon Aubrey, Sean McEwen, Hunter Lipke. Time for the one stock down. I'm gonna buy you all a minute or 30 seconds. What do you think is my I have one stock down? What do you all think it is? Guest time. You all offer your guesses, please. Por favor. Wow, nobody has a comment yet. I gave you two seconds and nobody had an answer. What do you think? And actually, maybe it's not even what you think mine is. What should be the one stock down? Um, I know that some of you said Brandon Cooks and some of you said Tony Pollard. It's, you know, I'm I'm not there. Um, Jorge says Schoonmaker. Kenneth Cook says Steel. Um, I don't fault Luke Schoonmaker for not being able to make that catch. I mean, that was a tough catch, but, you know, it would have been really cool. Um, Kevin says should be Red Zone and Turpin. Uh, we got another, you know, uh, thing for Schoonmaker from Tony. Dad and Chloe Harris. Uh, well, uh, Dr. Gonzo says stock down the entire offense. Dad and Chloe Harris says red zone stock down. Uh, William says red zone offense. Paul says red zone offense story. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Senor Ray says stock down Jerry Jones for not getting Jimmy J in the ring of honor. That's a fair answer. Uh, my one stock down is the red zone offense. Um, not ideal. Right. Um, I tweeted something that did not age well. Uh, when the game started, I tweeted the Cowboys look like they're because look, the first offensive drive was we were moving and grooving, right? Like everything was kind of clicking. Um, and it and, and so I tweeted what I thought. I mean, that's what the platform is for. Um, so I tweeted, man, the Cowboys offense looks pissed off and like they're out to prove a point, like they're out to prove that you know. Everything they heard all week about the red zone issues was, you know, whatever, right? Like, and that's up to them, right? Like, hey, we can talk about it, and then you guys got to go play it out. And then, you know, we learned if we were right or wrong. Um, and guess what happened? They stalled. And Brandon Aubrey, the GOAT, got to kick a field goal. But that's neither here nor there as it pertains to this particular discussion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it stinks that the red zone offense is still kind of a thing. Um, they were one of four uh, in the red zone um, as far as, you know, the ultimate goal is concerned. Um, and, you know, two weeks ago, and it was fair then. We, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to change what was real then. Two weeks ago, it was fair to believe, and it remains fair with regards to that game, it was fair to believe that the Cowboys kind of got conservative. And I do think that was the case at the very end, except for the Hunter or Lipke touchdown. I think I think they were like, okay, we got to get one. <laughs> we, we have to get one or, or else this is going to suck. Like, we have to get one. And they did. So kudos to them. You got on the board. Um, but this is a thing, right? Like, whether you think it's overblown, whether you think it's a big deal, like whatever the case may be, this is an undeniable, certifiable, tangible thing like it is a thing with real data and evidence and you know cause for concern and cool you put up 38 points because you had the scoop and score you had the Deron Bland pick six um you're not guaranteed those things obviously you know everybody knows that um and you got two games coming up against two high-powered offenses um and you're gonna need as many points as you can possibly get like you're, you know, and, and and some of it is okay. You know, it's still early in the season. You're still working through things. Like we're willing to give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt and a little bit of leeway in that sense. But um, you you just you can't. You know, the the Brandon Aubrey thing that I talked about. You know, last week how he was the first you know kicker in the Super Bowl era to attempt at least ten field goals through his first three career games and make all of them. That was very cool. But um, it was also not cool because to be a part of that statistic, you have to have had that many opportunities. Um, and today, Brandon Aubrey had three opportunities. And cool, he made all of them. Um, but 
as great as Brandon Aubrey is, I think we're all kind of sick of giving him opportunities. We trust that he can handle them, but you cannot keep, you know, you can't keep trading or, or, or you can't keep cashing out at field goals. You've got to find a way to get over and get into the paint here. Uh, Joey says three and one with a bad red zone. Wait till we figure it out. That's a great point too. Like that's the positive spin, right? Like, Hey, if you, if you figure this out, whatever, uh, Vernon says the offense can absolutely come to fruition at the perfect time. And I have hope, but the 49ers may be too early. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Um, again, and, and I, I don't mean, I don't ever want to be somebody that, you know, leads you all down just one positive avenue and only that, or one negative avenue or only that. I'm so appreciative of all of you who hang out here um, but, because everything has context, right? So we can say this was a great game from the Cowboys, but they had some flaws. Um, we should enjoy it, but there are things to work on. Um, put on your polos, but know that they're not perfect. They're they're fallible. They're mortal, just like all of us. They, they bleed the same blood that we do. Um, and I mean, you know, it, you can't do this. That's the thing. Like you, you can't win like this all the time, which sounds silly because you've done it three times Cowboys, but you cannot rely on just suffocating another team at will. You, you simply can't. So you have to figure out a way to get better in the red zone. It would be hilarious. And, and we would all gladly eat the crow. If next week, the Cowboys just went out and were perfect in the red zone, right? Like that would be awesome. Like if they were four or four in the red zone next week, we'd be like, awesome. Great time to figure it out. Um, so it is a thing. And even though they were on, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders all the way around, this was a part of their game that struggled. And it's weird that they are so successful in so many different capacities and they struggle in this one area. And there's not even like, a an obvious thing, right? Like I know some of you think it's the run game and it's Dak and it's whatever. There's not one thing like there's, it's not like they, they can't, you know, they can't move the ball through the air because they're getting down there all the time. You know, <laughs> it's just for whatever reason, when, you know, it, the, the the song, it's like, you know, when you're going to perform uh, at a wedding or something like that. And you, you know what I mean? Like you go through the dance and everything. You practice it a million times and um, showtime shows up and you just like go blank. You just can't do it. Right. Like it's a talent show kind of thing. It's stage fright. They get down there and um, and it's it's weird. Uh, Steve says, uh, this may be wishful thinking, but I like to think McCarthy is holding the offense back to surprise San Fran. I would love that to be the case, uh, Steve, but, um, as much as I believe in Mike McCarthy, I don't believe that myself, but I think you couched it well yourself. Dr. Gonzo says, we're going to find out over the next four weeks if the red zone offense needs to be better. That's true. And look, it's super annoying, like beyond annoying that the Eagles have looked so bad in some ways and that they're 4-0. That annoys me greatly. Um, but that is the hallmark of a great team. And I don't mean to turn this into a complimentary session about the Eagles. But I say that to say the Cowboys have had this big problem. Like, think about this, all right? The point of the game is to score more points than your opponent, right? Like, on a fundamental, basic rudimentary level if an alien landed here if they got the one out of the box the one that we saw on the internet a few weeks ago you know the little one and they and the alien said hey i like this game i'm interested what's the goal like who how do you like who wins it's like, well, the team with the most points okay cool how do i score points well you either kick uh field goals or you score touchdowns but touchdowns are worth you know way more points okay well i want to score as many touchdowns as possible that's the point of the game okay great so we've established this is the point of the game. The Cowboys right now in 2023, four games in, are very bad at this, right? Like they are very bad at this, like relative to the entire NFL. Um, and 
they have won one game 40 to nothing. They have won another game 30 to 10. They won this game 38 to 3. So they are <laughs> they are very bad at the thing. Though like if if we were starting an NFL team and I said like guys, we we need it we we can be great at one thing. What would that one thing be? You'd be like scoring touchdowns, right? Like that's the one thing they're not great at. And <laughs> nevertheless, they're finding ways to um to still dominate teams. So that's encouraging, uh, but that won't last forever. And that's kind of what I think the biggest takeaway needs to be with regards to this entire thing. Um, Kenneth says, RJ, how are you a believer in McCarthy? Last week, this week, Red Zone. Let me take this uh, Red Zone thing off and get that comment back on the screen. Kenneth, here's the thing. Um, Is Mike McCarthy perfect? Obviously not, right? But the Cowboys, under Mike McCarthy, and I think if we acknowledge that 2020 was not a great year i mean in a football sense for the cowboys um that's fair right like if we throw out 2020 because Dak prescott got injured um you know and we evaluate from 2021 on i think that's fair only the kansas city chiefs have won more regular season games than the dallas cowboys now oh regular season games okay well i mean look it's hard to win the super bowl um right i, I understand that but so only the kansas city chiefs have won more regular season games than the cowboys and i've, I've said these things many times and so i'm well versed in them Last year, the Cowboys went to the playoffs in consecutive seasons for the first time since 2006 and 2007. Last year, the Cowboys won double-digit games for the first time in consecutive seasons since 1995 and 1996. Last season, in the wildcard round, the Cowboys beat Tom Brady for the first time ever. They won a road playoff game for the first time since the 1992 NFC Championship game. They did it wearing their cursed Navy jerseys on a grass field, things and elements they supposedly could not overcome. They beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots in Foxborough two years ago. They not only beat Bill Belichick today, they handed him the worst loss that he has ever seen in the NFL. So I don't think it's absurd to have a level of belief in Mike McCarthy. Is he flawed? Absolutely. Does he have things he can work on? Definitely. But he has turned this team and this organization in, into a, a formidable football culture. They are a trustworthy team. If I asked all of you right now, are the Cowboys going to be a playoff team this year? If you had to pick yes or no, we're saying absolutely. He has turned them into a consistent blue blood contender in today's modern NFL. That is a very, very difficult thing to do. So, okay, we've established that he has done something really great. That enough is, in my mind, enough reason to buy into him. And while I understand and acknowledge that the red zone issues are what they are, he has empowered all of his coaching staff to also be great in their specific elements. We threw flowers, rightfully so, at John Fossil for what he did and how he executed things on the fake today. Dan Quinn obviously needs no introduction. By the way, I talked about this on lots of shows last week. We sit here and we, again, rightfully throw flowers at Dan Quinn. Not a word about Dan Quinn's defense getting run all over last week, but we're here. Mike McCartney's team just won 38 to three. And we're like, Oh, well he sucks in the red zone. So he clearly sucks. It's, it's okay to think that Mike McCarthy is a is a very good head coach. Like, that's an okay opinion to have in 2023. I promise you. I give you permission. Not that you need it from me. Um, so I think it's pretty easy to believe in Mike McCarthy because I'm 33 years old, and he has done a lot of things with the Dallas Cowboys that, for the most part, have not been done in my conscious level of adulthood. Um, so maybe you can argue that, like, wow, you know, the bar is so low and McCarthy's only clearing that. Well, yeah, but a lot of people have tried and failed at that. And so I give Mike McCarthy all the props in the world uh, for being able to do this. And does that mean that he's the best coach ever? Or the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know. Probably not, because it's a very, very difficult thing to do. But man alive, if 
if you don't think he's great, and a lot of you have said this in the chat, and you want that dude, Sean Payton, who, you know, only won today because the Chicago Bears managed to be themselves in the most true and literal fashion of that. I mean, all the dudes that we have, you know, lamented the Cowboys for not going over or going for or going with instead of Mike McCarthy have been disastrous. I mean, and so, um, yeah, I think it's it's more than fair to believe in Mike McCarthy. At the very least, I think it's more than fair to objectively be impressed with Mike McCarthy. Um, you don't have to, you know, you know, wear an I Love Mike t-shirt on Victory Polo Monday, but he has done a lot of things that a lot of people not only, you know, really never did, but could not ever do. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to all of us, right? I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, the Cowboys just gave Bill Belichick the worst loss he's ever seen. That's crazy. That's amazing. Our team did that. The team that we root for did that. The team that you get the alerts for on your phone, that team is the one who had to Bill Belichick the worst loss he's ever seen. When Bill Belichick goes into the Hall of Fame, the worst loss ever on his career resume, well, it might be outdone. <laughs> this one this season because the Patriots are that bad. But either way, the Cowboys have that title for at least one week. Um, Carolyn says, I'm concerned because they look so bad against Arizona. You can't forget about it because the Cowboys could be 4-0. They could. That's true. Like, And again, they're flawed. And I promise you, Carolyn, they will lose another game that they should win, right? Um, that, that will happen. And they will win another game that they're supposed to lose. Based on, you know, the way odds are, actually, we might as well have this discussion, Carolyn. So shout out to you for um, kind of sending us in this direction. The Cowboys, the odds are now out. They have opened as three and a half point underdogs on the road next week against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I didn't say that all dramatically to be like, can you guys believe this? No, <laughs> this makes sense. Um, three points, if you don't know, is a conventional kind of home field advantage. Um, so, you know, they're really, you know, the odds makers are kind of really only giving San Francisco about a half point of a favor here. Um, very, very tight odds, as Paul notes in the chat. It's going to be tough. I mean, this is the first time this season the Cowboys are underdogs. Um, can Mike McCarthy rally around that? I don't know. But if anybody can, in my lifetime at least, uh, since I've been able to drive a car, an automatic car to be very clear, um, he's the guy most well-suited for the job. But um, okay, so let's kind of wrap this all up. Um, star of the game, we need to get to that uh, because we haven't you know, announced that yet. So uh, let's head on over to YouTube. This is only a YouTube thing. So Facebook, Twitch, sorry. Uh, but, you know, that should serve as motivation to go subscribe to us on YouTube with 93% of the vote. I don't think it should come as any surprise to anyone as I buy time to make um, the little graphic here. Uh, star of the game. I've lost it now. I'm the uh, oh my gosh, um, the the drama here is just intense. Let me just type one up. Star of the game and spell their name right. Not like Jalen Tolbert is drum roll please everybody deron bland i mean dude what a what an awesome day i mean like you have two interceptions you take one to the house deron bland i mean seriously what an awesome performance great job deron bland congratulations you did it i'll send you a bowl of my wife's chicken tortilla soup it was awesome last week in case anybody was curious um so congrats to deron bland all right make sure to check out belongingtheboys.com all the time we have all sorts of articles coming out all the time, every single day. Uh, the latest and greatest in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, make sure you subscribe right here to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel and our podcast network. This show goes up on our podcast. We have two different shows each and every single day. I'm on there all the time, obviously. If you think that I'm cool, if you think that I'm cool and you want more of me in your life, interesting life choice. But you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or threads at RJ Ochoa or on TikTok at RJ.com 
Ochoa. If you want to send me an email, you can do that too at rj.ochoa.sbnation.com or you can leave a comment down below. I'll do my best to get to those. I don't know if you can hear the dogs barking in the background. I promise um, I did not split a treat in half and give it to them before this, so they're not pissed off about that. They're pissed off about something else, so who knows? Uh, but Victory Polo Monday tomorrow, everybody. Let's enjoy it. I love you all. I hope whatever you eat for dinner, breakfast, lunch, blah, blah, blah. I hope it's amazing. I hope it's delicious. I hope it's nutritious. I hope it puts a smile on your face. You know why? Because you deserve it. Thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. Cowboys are four and one. Oh, nope. Spoke too soon. Cowboys are three and one with a road date against the San Francisco 49ers this time next week. Cannot wait for it and to see you all afterwards. I love you all. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out.